Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's all brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net, your free book. Lindsey, welcome to the new year. And we will get to New Year's resolutions rather quickly. But first, Mm -hmm. before we do that, we need to find out, now that it seems like everything, the dust is settling, uh, team seems to be kind of in place for pitchers and catchers report, your breakout player for 2024. There are a ton to choose from. You and I were talking before we came on here, so I'm interested to see who you actually chose this time around. Uh, for me, I chose Jared Kelnick, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think there's a few reasons for this for me. One is the rest of the lineup, offensively at least, has kind of broken out already, right? Like yep. it was the greatest offense in arguably in baseball history last year. Uh, and so it's kind of hard for anybody else to break out. But no, for me, it's it's Kelnick because he struggled so significantly for two years in Seattle and then finally got full-time play last year and mm-hmm. looked good and then got hurt. And when he gets over to Atlanta, there's some very seemingly obvious things that Atlanta can work with him on as far as approach at the plate, swing decisions and that stuff, as well as like we've talked about on the show before. And I think you've, you've done done a good job of explaining this, how much less pressure he's under in Atlanta because the lineup is so robust and he's not expected to carry anything. So when I look at what he does well, I'm like, well, he was like 75th percentile last year in hard hit rate, 45% of the time. That's great. 95 miles an hour or higher exit velocity mm-hmm. is a hard hit ball. Uh, but he struck out a lot. It's like 118 times. And it was because he struggled against changeups and curveballs. And I'm like, okay, great. Kevin Seitzer, Chipper Jones, they get to get their claws on him in Northport in February. Mm-hmm. And if they can make these adjustments and fix some of those things, get him better at off, uh, at off-speed pitches and curveballs, then he could absolutely explode batting seventh in this lineup full of talented, just gifted offensive hitters. And so it feels like to me, it's a pretty easy, he's playing the easiest of three defensive positions in the outfield. Mm-hmm. He's offensively in a pretty good position of not having to, uh, not having to carry a team and not having that pressure. There's, it makes sense that with a few small changes, he could have in a huge 2024. It is one of those things where I told you that, and and I go back to what you said just a minute ago, him being protected. I mean, you you think about it. You got a guy like Michael Harris II that's batting ninth that has a better batting average than what Kelnick had batting it towards the top of the lineup in Seattle. And so uh, with with people like that that are going to be around you, the the pressure is not there. The pressure is not there of him being the number six overall pick because he's got guys, he's got, He's got MVP candidates in his lineup now. Not not a winner, like candidates in the lineup around him and Olsen and, and, and Riley and Acuna, who's won it, and Harris is second, as well as who knows if, if you know, some sort of one of our catchers has a breakout year. So we shall see. I think it's a great choice. I went easy route, recency bias, because they just brought him on board. But the reason I went this way, I'm going with Chris Sale, and the reason being is because he has an opportunity to actually play a full season. And I told on the pod before when I did an emergency pod going into, it was into Friday headed in when the announcement was made, 
this is a win to me. I don't agree with what Rosenthal said, by the way, where Rosenthal said that Atlanta needs to have sale pitch into the playoffs and pick up the club options for 2025 for it to be considered a success. I do not agree with that. I, and the reason I say it is this. I say if they get double-digit wins out of him this year, because that hasn't happened in a while for him. I mean, and when I say double, scraping the bare minimum, 10 wins. They get 10 wins out of Chris Sale this year. I consider that a win just because of the money. You and I have talked about it. 500 grand is basically all that they're going to have to pay in this next year. Yes, they'll have to pay more after that, but you got to be able to expect to pay a friggin', you know, guy that could be an MVP any other year during his, uh, during his career. He's going to get paid later on in his career. That's how that works. So he gets 10 wins. I consider that a huge breakout year, especially considering his past year, uh, this last year, six and five, 430 ERA. The projections I read before where they go ahead and they do that as far as baseball reference is concerned, and they're projecting him for this year to only have a 434 ERA and only be seven and six. So if that's the projection, he exceeds that and gets 10 wins. I call that a win for the Braves. And, and really – it feels like this offense could carry almost anybody to a couple wins. Uh, I mean, I remember writing about Bryce Elder the other day and about his second half struggles. And like, he had a winning record in both halves of the season. In the first <laughs> half, he had an ERA of like two and change. The second half, he had an ERA of like five and change. He still won seven games in like both halves of the season because yeah. the offense was so good. So yeah, it, Chris Sale, I mean... It, I don't quite think it would rise to the level of comeback player of the year if he were to do that, but it feels like he's another guy, kind of like Kelnick, where he joins a situation where he now doesn't have that pressure. The big thing that stood out to me is the strikeout rate was close to where it was in all of his great years, mm -hmm. like with Chicago. I mean, he struck out 11 batters per nine innings. You know, he, uh, he was a, the third place finisher in 2014 for Cy Young with a strikeout rate of 10.8 per nine innings. Like, mm -hmm. striking out the same number of guys he did then. So, sale makes sense. I think that's a good choice. Uh, and and honestly, Michael Harris II could be a guy that ends up being an all-star in 2024. I mean, people, he, we kind of lost some of this because he was hurt early in the year and struggled mm -hmm. a little bit. He has a career 295 batting average in the majors, and he had a 297 his rookie year. Even with that slow start last year, he batted 293. Like, Michael Harris Jr. is a gifted, talented hitter who also happens to give you gold glove caliber defense, which is just absurd. And I legitimately think this could be the year that he explodes. So I guess honorable mention is Michael Harris. He's broken out, but he could take that next leap into all-star caliber performer in 2024. And I've said before, too, one of the other honorable mentions is you look at Austin Riley. He ends up getting 40 to 50 home runs. I mean, that's just something that's just a cherry on top is having that power. And he seems to be getting better progressively every single year as far as it is from the plate. It's all brought to you by Active Wealth and Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net. Grab your free book today. Call Ford. Get your own nationwide Peak 10 illustration so you can learn how you can get 20% immediate income and account bonuses as well. Ford will explain all of that to you by going to Active Wealth dot com learn how you can work with ford and his active wealth team you'll be glad you did all you got to do is call him up that's ford that is 770-685-1777 that's 770-685-1777 
1777. Again, it's all brought to you by Active Wealth. You can also go to annuity360.net so that way you can grab that free book. Uh, Lindsay, New Year's resolutions. You wrote an article on this and I thought it was very interesting because there's a lot to unpack as far as some of the things that the Braves have got to do. But it, it, I think in order to be successful, you, you touch on some very important pieces that in regards to everything from breakout bats to breakout pitching to people staying healthy. It's just about everything you could ever want if what Braves fans need to look forward to in the coming year. Yeah. It, it, the number one thing for me in there was keep the postseason starters healthy. And it <laughs> feel it feels like the thing here, what Atlanta's trying to do, and we've seen other teams do this. I think the Dodgers have done this to an extent as well, is we're not necessarily looking for workhorse starting pitchers that can take the ball for 200 innings in the regular season and then pitch in the postseason. We're trying to get enough postseason caliber pitchers that we still have some guys healthy and available out of that group in the postseason. Mm -hmm. And so you have all of these other options that can eat innings for you, right? You've got, you know, uh, Alan Winans and Darius Vines and AJ Smith Shaver and Bryce Elder, you have, you know, Dylan Dodd, all of these arms in the high minors. And so, like, look what they did last year. They won 104 games, and they got a combined 100 innings from Max Fried and Kyle Wright. And in 2022, those guys combined for 365 innings and 35 wins. Wow. Atlanta subtracted 265 innings, and they got 60 starts from those guys. Subtracted that from last year's roster, still won 104 games. And so, you don't need... Chris Sale to win 100 games. You don't need Max Freed necessarily to win 100 games. Uh, you need these guys to get it done in the postseason, right? Mm -hmm. So the goal is, and I wrote a piece about this just today, about do you go to a six-man rotation to try mm -hmm. to lessen the workload on Strider, on Freed, on Morton, on Sale, uh, so that when the postseason gets here, they're healthy and effective. Like I don't quite know what Atlanta does this year, but it's worth discussing. Like that's one of the New Year's resolutions. Just find a way to get three of these four guys healthy to the postseason. That should be one of the things you do. Well, one thing they could do is bring back Kevin Millwood to pitch every Wednesday night like he did whenever <laughs> I was in college. But uh, that's beside the point because that seems like I saw him enough. I, and you also touch on that article. You say, you know, find a way to keep the offense humming. I just think if everybody comes into this healthy, Ozzy stays healthy, Arcia gets back to the way he was, as well as Riley continues to put up his numbers. I think Olsen, with his swing watching it, as you, you know, if you've, if, if anybody's seen any of the interview that I did with, uh, with Medlin and Johnny Venters, both of them commented about how sweet his swing is and mm -hmm. how hard it is to pitch against a guy like that because his bat stays in the zone so long. And so it's tough. Now, he didn't prove that in the first half when we were playing the game of who's going to have more strikeouts, Strider or Olsen. But I think some of that was just it was an adjustment phase. It was a timing issue. And he ended up coming around and ended up being one of the best hitters on the ball club before it was all said. So we ate our words, but that's yeah. all right. Uh, hey, you get 104 wins. If he does strike out 100 times, I'm probably still going to be happy as long as I get that 40 number as far as those home runs are concerned. So uh, as you say, keep the offense humming. It's going to be good. And just keep the keep the arms healthy, humming and healthy. That seems to be <laughs> the, the number one thing that we can, we can bring about from this. And so uh, I, I will say this, there's a new thing that got released. It, it, it's come out and I wanted you to touch on it as uh, Zach Blackerby wrote an article on it. It's on Braves today right now. And it, it was, it was releasing the power rankings 
I was a little shocked, but not shocked all at the same time. The Braves come out at number one. It is because of that lineup you and I just talked about. Yeah, and and it's funny. I saw a Dodgers writer who was a little bit frustrated that the Dodgers weren't number one. Oh, here we uh, go. They're already crying. About, like, you know, not number one in the power ring. He's like, I don't know how you pick the Dodgers anywhere but number one. And a lot of his own followers and readers of his stuff were like, no, it's fine that Atlanta's number one. Like, it's the best offense in baseball. They bring back almost everybody. And, you know, both teams upgraded their rotation. Uh, we added an injury-prone guy in Chris Sale. They added an injury-prone guy in Tyler Glasnow and a guy who's never pitched in MLB before. Uh, right. and, and so, like, that's kind of a wash. And you look at the offenses. Well, our offense is still better than theirs. I remember writing something, I think the day Otani signed, because one of the immediate reactions from MLB asked, it was, a, it was in a tweet, is this the best lineup in baseball history? And I'm like, it's not even the best lineup in MLB, because, yes, you have Mookie Betts, Otani, and Freeman, but, like, go to the bottom half of that lineup. And look mm. at some of the guys you have down there. I would rather have the Braves one through nine than the Dodgers one through nine. And I think the strength of that offense, how consistent it was last year, whereas the the uh, the Dodgers offense only marginally improved because JD Martinez wasn't a bad DH last year. He was a good DH. Right. He just they went from a good DH to a great DH. Well, that's fine. Atlanta brought back almost everybody from their team, and so. It makes sense Atlanta's number one. If Atlanta was number two behind the Dodgers, I wouldn't be that bothered about it. Would I write about it? Yes, but I wouldn't be that mad about it. Uh, now, if you had dropped the Dodgers out of the top five, that'd be a little bit different, and I understand people complaining about that. But us won them two. Them won us two. Either way, it would have made a lot of sense. It feels like these are the two best teams in baseball on paper in early January. And it seems like we're going to get more of the same next year as far as that's concerned because the other ones of note, uh, Philly in there at number five, D-backs in there at number nine. So all of your playoff teams are still sitting up there in the top 10 as far as the power rankings are concerned. Yet the fact that I've seen it shared on social media, the power rankings, and some Dodger fans are all about it and some are not. And I do find it, I'm like you, when I first saw it, I thought, Oh, well, let me go click on this because they must have dropped. They must be at like number eight or number seven. No, they're at two. Yeah. And honestly, if Otani is healthy and pitching, you may get the number one spot, but he's not. And <laughs> as you said, you're bringing in a pitcher that I'm sorry, but I thought he was taller and bigger than he is. He's only five, nine and a half, five, ten. Uh, is there, and you're bringing him in from a league where he's never pitched in Major League Baseball. And he may be lights out for all I know. He may do just fine. However, I think he's going to have an adjustment to Major League Baseball hitting as well as the strike zone as well. If you've seen any of the highlights, they're a little more gracious over across the pond with that strike zone than they necessarily are as far as what you'll see in Major League Baseball. Uh, but again, that also depends on the umpire. And then you're bringing on – you mentioned it just while ago, Glasnow, who – Hasn't thrown a full season. And I know people say, well, neither has Sale. Freak injuries, too, with Sale. Broken finger. Lindsay mentioned it. He had COVID one, you know, he one year He fell off his low. bike and broke his wrist. Like, I mean, yeah. It's, that's a it's, fluke injury. It's, he's, not, he's not snapping his elbow in half, and he's not having rotator issues. He's getting stuff hurt that's not anywhere part of, <laughs> of pitching. He's just... I don't know. As, as they've said, let's stick him in a padded room and see if we can just make sure he stays healthy and get his 10 wins and then let him do whatever he wants to do. So um, it, I do. I love the power rankings yeah. because I love the fact that you can start 
doing way too early predictions, but you've said it. I've said it. Now Major League Baseball saying it. This is the best lineup in baseball with the Braves, and I think that's what got them the nod over the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, just about everybody has Atlanta as the best lineup, the best rotation, all that kind of stuff, except for Vegas because they're taking a bunch of money from Dodgers fans who <laughs> are have already have already put a spot on their mantle for the 2024 World Series trophy, have already booked, you know, hotel rooms and flights to uh, to go watch their World Series parade and all of that stuff. Uh, that's why Vegas has them number one because they're getting all the money on them. On the Yamamoto note, something I want to point out too that people kind of forget about is he's adjusting to yes, a new league, a new you know a new type, new caliber of hitters and things like that. He's adjusting to a new baseball. So mm. uh, the 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 Asian leagues use a pre-tacked baseball, and instead he'll have a typical Major League Baseball and he'll have rosin and he'll have to learn how that works. And obviously. He can work on the offseason over it. But Kodai Singa, who signed with the Mets, debuted with the Mets last year, his ERA in the first half was almost a full run higher than his ERA in the second half because he had to make the adjustment to the to the United States. His his walk rate was higher in the first half than the second half. A lot of he gave up more home runs in the first and the second. A lot of stuff. It takes a little while to get settled. And so, like, it's is he is Yamamoto going to be good? Every all the data we have says that he should be a good major league pitcher. Yes, he should be front of that rotation, and it's hard to say he's not going to be a really great pitcher. Is he going to be immediately successful? I don't think he is, simply because most guys in this situation are not. He also has to get used to a new catcher, which and get on the same page as a catcher, a catcher who he doesn't share a language with, right. And he's got to put the trust because a lot of times I do wonder, I often wonder how the Dodgers are going to handle that. If the signs are going to come from the dugout, if they're going to have him on a certain count. And and so it, it is, it's going to be, it's a huge change overall for him. Mm -hmm. When you use uh, uh, Pitchcom, the mm -hmm. automated device, they can program that in whatever language you need it to be. So they can program it into Japanese. And so, uh, Will Smith behind the plate can can press the button and Yamamoto will hear it in Japanese. And you can get around some of the language barrier as far as the game calling is concerned mm -hmm. through that. But they do obviously have to learn each other. And then whenever you have a mound visit, you have to bring an interpreter out. It's a little bit of an extra step. And it's it's not as smooth as it, as it really should be. And so I think, if nothing else, just look at how guys usually struggle that first year in a new city when, mm -hmm. they, when they're like Matt Olson. That first year he came to Atlanta, I think he hit more doubles than home runs. Right. He just went from one side of the country to the other. He didn't go from the other side of the world to the other. So it's reasonable to expect there to be an adjustment period for Yamamoto and people who insist there's not going to be. Uh, you may end up being right, but you're working against all of the knowledge we have as to how difficult the game of baseball is already. Never mind when you throw in all of those cultural and life changes. All been brought to you by Active Wealth and Active Wealth Management. Go to Annuity360 for your free book today. He's Lindsey Crosby. He's got a ton of stuff up right now, Bravestoday.com. You guys go and read till your heart is content. You can see all the little nuances and stuff that uh, Lindsey keeps an eye on in the offseason, which makes a ton of sense, man. That's where we get our, our stuff from there as well. And so hopefully you'll enjoy it as, as well as, as much as the rest of us. Lindsey, as always, I greatly appreciate your time, sir. Thanks, buddy.